0: All right, welcome back to the Hosts Podcast—a discussion, an in-depth discussion on HBO's Westworld. I am Doug Norrie, and that is James Davis, and we are going to be discussing Episode Five, Contrapasso, today. Which, wow, buddy! I mean, I—I I feel like I'm going to do myself a disservice by doing this uh, podcast without watching. The episode two or maybe even three times because I'm sure there's a million things that I personally missed. Um, I, I would suspect you missed more things than me, but we'll see. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, just give me your first, like, just two three word reaction to to this episode. I can't give you a two word
1: reaction. That's an absurd bar to set for me, but I can <laughs> let you know that three words. I, I also felt like it was drinking out of a fire hose. I mean, there was so much going on, all the different storylines, kind of twisting and. And wiggling around and providing us with, you know, all, all sorts of stuff to chew on. So my first thought is that there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I
0: feel like this was the episode we've been kind of waiting for, right? Yeah. Um, like this was sort of just the opposite of where we went into the last episode, Dissonance Theory. And we're kind of like, man, I hope we can fill 30 minutes of a podcast about this because this is going to be maybe pushing it. This feels the opposite to me. This is just, this. This offered so many little nuggets and Easter eggs and just different, like just winding and t- twisting paths that I'm not. Where do you think? Okay, let's let's go this way. Where do you think we even start with in terms of, let's go, if we're going to, we've been discussing mostly going by characters, (laughs) which character do you want to start with? We can just kind of take it from there.
1: Yeah, I think Ford um, is a reasonable place to start, Um, you know, just because he has positioned himself sort of as the godlike character. Um, He, I think, was in the most powerful scene in the show where he connects with the man in black in person, kind of in and out of character in the context of Westworld, which was pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think there, there, there's a lot going on with the Man in Black and Dolores and everyone else as well. But um, I think Ford, you know, the story kind of – he's obviously the most powerful character in the story um, or can have the greatest influence on it. So I think he's a good spot to start.
0: So his, let's start with his conversation with Dolores. He s- sits yes. her down basically and – quizzes her on her dealings with Arnold. What are your thoughts? Like, Give me, where do we start with thinking about like this? The Arnold character is clearly, um, going to be a linchpin for the whole, for really basically where this whole thing is going. He's, I, I don't know if we can consider him. It's crazy to consider someone that you can't see as the maybe possibly the antagonist. Um, yeah, he's like
1: he, the black smoke monster in Lost. We're still yeah. just trying to figure out what he is, when he's going to show up, what fuels him. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> what his is, motivations are. He like, might be the protagonist.
0: Like I'm not, like I'm not really sure. Yeah, like yeah. it's 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 unclear if he's even like the bad guy. He might be ultimately the good guy. Like I'm not even sure where we even. There's almost no judgments we can make about him. He when he's when he's like sort of. Um, Well, He's he's not even sort of. He's just going to Dolores for information about Arnold. He clearly suspects Arnold is back at play in sort of like within Westworld in some degree. Where do you think he sees, like, do you think he thinks Arnold's still alive? Do you think he thinks Arnold is like some kind of consciousness that's been uploaded to the machines? Like, what do you think he sees as the threat from Arnold?
1: Well, I'll tell you what my initial impressions were, and then I'm going to share a bananas theory that I read on the internet about it. <laughs> so my first impression was that he's kind of fishing around, like he knows Arnold is sort of up to something from the grave here. Um, and he can tell, I mean, he he's so in tune with what's going on in the park that I'm sure he can tell that something weird is going on with Dolores. And just the fact that they have this maze in general, um, and that Arnold seems somehow connected to the maze, leads me to believe that... Um, He sees Dolores as kind of a lead that he's tugging on to try to figure out what's going on, Um, particularly stuff like like the fact that Dolores killed another host. Like, I I don't know how that couldn't be on everyone's radar, given that that's so far out of loop for her. But it is out of loop for her to be like walking around with a guest like that part I'm still trying to figure out. But, um, yeah, I think he's definitely smells a rat here. And. And Dolores' connection to Arnold and what exactly is going on there is, is kind of unclear at this point. But yeah, he's definitely um, very suspicious. Do
0: you think at the end of that scene with him where she kind of, I mean, I mean, for the sake of the audience, says it out loud? Where she says, you know, don't worry, I didn't tell him anything or he doesn't know anything. Do you think she's communicating directly with Arnold at that point? or I mean, I, I think that's what we're led to believe. But do you think that's the Yeah, case? I think
1: she's communicating to the Arnold buried in her subconscious, right? I mean, we have a, a lot of little hints here that the hosts are sort of hackable. And Dolores having some sort of like latent programming that is still at play here is, is absolutely in play to me. Um, so a couple of things here. I, I think the big takeaways from this. So Ford goes to her something along the lines of, do you remember the man I used to be, Dolores? Mm-hmm. So that's like, "What wow, the man you used to be? Who did you used to be? What was different about you? Like, are you Arnold? Like, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and then she responds by saying, uh, were we good friends? Right. And then he gets kind of teary-eyed and says, no, Dolores, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. Right. And it's like super dark. <laughs> really like, what is going on here? Um, well,
0: okay, was, does the bananas... Te- my, my wife yells at me. She's taking a shower this morning yelling, what are your thoughts on Westboro? And she says, is, is Ford Arnold? And I was like... What and I, that wasn't really something that crossed my mind, but you just mentioned that again too. And she said there was almost like a reference to it in that scene. Is that something? Is that something that you see? Are they kind of the same? Are they, are they the same character possibly? I mean, what is like what is the relationship? I'm I, only saying it because you just mentioned it also.
1: Well, I don't think that Ford is Arnold. I, I have seen that floated out there. Um, I do believe that Arnold was a flesh and bones person, um, especially like the fact that he died at the park, and that seems to be. You know, an event that we have some credibility about. But the theory I heard or read online from redditor uh, Jan Michael Vincent sixteen, shout out to him. Who maybe he listens, maybe he doesn't. Um, was that Dolores is the one who killed Arnold, and probably on his orders. Uh, the thought here uh, that he puts out is that um, Arnold. You know, would have had Dolores kill him at the park to try to get the park shut down because the whole point of Westworld was always supposed to be that you could go there and that you couldn't die, right? And now we have the Man in Black earlier in earlier episodes this isn't from the reddit post but kind of a connection i made was we have the man in black talking about a game with real stakes and real violence so what if the real violence is arnold gets himself killed by dolores um and you know in order to try to shut down the whole park you know arnold leaves her the gun right like where did dolores get this gun in the first place Um, you know, the fact that Dolores was kind of one of the last people to see Arnold alive, like she can refer back to the last connection with him as on the day he died that Ford cites, right? So, um, and we know that Dolores is the oldest host in the park. So this connection I think is really, really strong and a very, very powerful theory.
0: And, I mean, does that speak to, like, the critical failure from, like, that 30 or some odd years ago? Is that, like, what they're specific? The critical
1: failure being that a host could actually hurt a person, right? And um, it's specifically
0: related to the – specifically, in this case, related to the founder. Exactly. Okay. A, PR,
1: a PR nightmare, person is killed on the site. And especially if they brushed under the rug that this guy even was a co-founder. Like, if he was just there, maybe it was very public. Maybe there were a lot of other guests around. Um, like, we don't know exactly – what happened. And then the, the, the building upon that theory, which I thought was fairly strong too, is now what if Dolores is stuck in this loop where basically her thing is to watch her parents get killed and get raped? Um, that's like a pretty grisly loop. What if that's like Ford's attempt to sort of punish her or punish like Arnold's cognition that might still be living in her? I think it's all crazy. It's <laughs> like right. totally mind blowing to me.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm still not totally convinced that like we're on consent, we're on, um, on the same time loops. Like I, I still can be talked into. Yeah, we'll circle back around on that.
1: I'm I'm much more on that. there's two different time loops here too.
0: But. Yeah, I'm nearly convinced of that at this point. But the the um the Ford Dolores thing was really interesting. I think that obviously is is the thing that's going that and it's not it's not a secret. This is what the show hinges on is these these two relationships and sort of yeah. where this Arnold character fits in with the other one. That was a scene where again I will, that was one I just wanted to go back and watch two or three times this morning and just sort of ran out of time beforehand because I'm sure there's other little pieces that we miss but yeah the that part where she if she was to kill him either on his own orders or on Ford's orders possibly and that's why he's wondering mm. about what she remembers you know like maybe he was the one that gave that death sentence because he wanted to just you know get someone out of it I'm, it's not clear Again, antagonist or protagonist, I'm not sure who anybody really is <laughs> at this point. The-
1: yeah, well, Ford kind of seems like the antagonist at this point. I mean, he certainly like dark language, the way he talks to Dolores. Dolores doesn't seem to be, I mean, she seems to have a lot of internal struggles, but, and there's no clear lines of protagonist and antagonist in kind of this fictitious live action role play world that they all inhabit, but... Ford seems like the bad guy.
0: It <laughs> sure does to me. I think they've also gone out of their way to make you want to think that too and which is fine. I mean they can you can kind of just make people you can kinda of twist and turn through these things where it's when you're just not totally clear about the end motivation of somebody, everyone can seem bad or good, sort of. Sure. Like depending yeah, on it. Could, it like...
1: Ford is flexing his godlike power a lot of times, but we don't know that. I mean, that could be from a place of insecurity, right? Like if he thinks the so-called money people have come in and started like dominating things and making the park actually more dangerous, like maybe he views the host taking on more uh, people like roles as a bad thing, and so he's kind of grasping at straws and using these back doors that he's put in to save what he believes could really spiral out of control. You know? Well,
0: and the other Ford scene is like the one that we mentioned before, the, with him and the man in black, and with them yes. sitting them sitting in that saloon. Everything sort of stops. He sort of does the same thing he did with uh, the board member, the you know the the proxy for the board in the in the episode before, whose name I can just simply never remember. But yes. um, the Teresa, yeah, yes, he does the same thing here. Stops the piano from playing. The coolest piece of that whole scene for me was Teddy's reaction to the yeah. <laughs> sort of not such not so implied threat from the knife, which was just another total baller. I have this whole thing under control. Like I know this guy seems weak and sort of out of it. Um, but guess what? That might just be all for show. Like the part where he's yeah, like lost lose blood. Lose the physical affect, Teddy. Help Ex- me out here. <laughs> exactly. Like it, you're, the yeah. amount of blood you have doesn't matter. It just kind of matters for like how you're programmed maybe. You know, like you lost a yes. lot of blood so you're dead. But in reality, it's all systems go on the inside. And if you, if someone's holding a knife to dad, <laughs> then you grab that knife. <laughs> and yes. it a great physical harm for yourself. That scene, it's really interesting to me when Westworld takes this. take, And they did it a couple times this episode, which is really cool. Is like the... I know you think that no one's watching, but guess what? Everyone's watching everything, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. we sometimes think that these things are hidden and I'm just not sure that's the case. I don't think at this point you can assume anyone is doing anything off the radar, if that makes sense.
1: No, I think that's fully my expectation right now.
0: Do you think that Ford sees the man in black as his ally? Do you think they're enemies, friends, allies? What do you see as their relationship kind of?
1: Oh, yeah, I think they're enemies. I mean the man in black you know he's essentially threatens to open him up with a knife, so that's not ideal uh, <laughs> like not a very friendly thing to do um and I think that he he believes that Ford has covered up whatever happened to Arnold, and that's like it's becoming increasingly obvious that his big motivation is to figure out what the heck happened back in those days, and he thinks it has something to do with the maze and he thinks he's gonna eventually get in there and maybe you know one um one theory i also read about arnold is that the maze could be like his dead man switch and that um you know the maze is somehow triggered and only the hosts that he programmed are able to access the maze somehow um, and that in there, there could be evidence about, like maybe if he was murdered, you know. So this would go against the Dolores killed him theory on purpose. But maybe if Ford had him murdered using these sort of omnipotent level powers, um, that that answer is in the maze somewhere. But why so continue Ford to let... really been able to find the maze himself? But um, so he he wants actually the Man in Black to find it, okay. So he can figure out what's in there.
0: I was gonna say, like, why continue to like let him operate with impunity? Like, I don't like that. That's the only thing. Like, there must be if they're enemies. But they maybe have like they he must have some goal aligned with the Man in Black because why else let him just continue going on unless he thinks the guy's just legit, like running himself in circles and it's just not going to matter. Like I well, I
1: think it's less of not the matter thing. I I would guess more it's you know the man of, it's been now very blatantly stated that the Man in Black has had direct financial ties to Westworld and if the money people like he knows he has control within the thing but it's probably limited on some level right like he can't just I mean aside from shutting down the whole park which might be in his power. If the park's going to continue to operate, he can't directly cross the money people, at least not yet.
0: We mentioned a second ago about Dolores and the timeline with William. And you said, are we in agreement that this is a different timeline? Like, just to start there. Do we think that that, her timeline with William and this piece of her discovery where she's like sort of just you know, having visions or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't wh-
1: think we can like objectively say that that's definitely what's going on, but I think that all signs certainly point to that, you know, the foreshadowing and, and some of the things that were said specifically in the man in black storyline suggests that those things are happening at two totally different times. Um, one observation, another person pointed out online was this idea that, so the man in black comes in because a lot of people have pointed as counter evidence and myself included on the last podcast that, you know, the man in black kind of, uh, threatening Dolores and her and no, I'm sorry that other guy threatening Dolores Dolores shooting him and then a few scenes later we see Dolores fall into Teddy's lap or I'm sorry William's lap as evidence that uh that they're on the same timeline someone refuted that by pointing out that actually what happens directly before that is the man in black saying something to Dolores like let's start at the beginning and then mm-hmm. the beginning is just maybe her falling into William's lap and uh and then, of course, Logan at the time says something along the lines of, "Are you kidding, man? The only thing you you turn your head twice at falls right into your lap. This is just good writing from the people running this place um I do believe i I believe very, very strongly like ninety eight percent certainty that we're we're dealing with two timelines here
0: right, and I don't know if we're still on the you know uh William is the man in black ultimately um they've made they made it well, they go out of their way to like. Well, again, they come out of their way to make that the Logan guy, just like the most reprehensible dude that like, you're just like, at the at the end, you're like, good, get the crap beaten out of you, dude. Like, I don't know, like, this is kind of what you get for like wanting the to no be The No Redeemable
1: beaten. Qualities character, well, not always the greatest writing, but yeah.
0: Well, yeah, well, the No Redeemable Qualities piece, especially when he's just like, just baiting him, like, you know, you ran into me, you ran in, that was the best day of your life, you'll never have a better life. And you're like, okay, I, it's a little ham-fisted when it comes to like, just how bad, we get it, the guy's bad. Um it's clear that like the man in black has this, um, this relationship with the Lawrence character, the L- El a lot was the, um, mm-hmm. well, he kind of, it's uh, the Clifton Collins character whose name switches at sort of at the end. Yeah. He's like, Let me introduce myself. Is this the meeting of, if there are alternate timelines, is this sort of how the man in black knows to seek him out in the other timeline where we see him sort of ultimately slit his throat. But like, is this, is this, is this pointing in that direction for you? Do you think?
1: Yes, I, I think so. I mean, Basically, the implication, and they do an interesting thing with time here, too, where, you know, he slits his throat, hangs him upside down. And then I think we're led to believe, like on the level one sort of level, that, oh, now he's just being repurposed as El Lazzo, And then we get flipped the script again where he's like, yeah, my name is Lawrence. Um, you know, the man in black talks several times to Lawrence very early on, like, you don't remember me, huh? After we ran together all those years, like that kind of thing, so I think that's actually just another really, really strong point in favor of the multiple timelines theory, and we see uh, Williams character kind of already going through a shift of his own, right where he's killing the good guys and kind of learning a little bit more that he cares about some aspects of the game and not others you know
0: what so good guys did he kill
1: those those revolutionaries or the uh the soldiers remember he shoots them when they're when he steal when they steal the uh, nitroglycerin.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I was thinking about the Confederates uh, that he killed at the end. No, no, gotcha. Yeah. Um, the, right, when they were – well, that was an interesting scene too because we have a little more insight about like wh- what lengths the hosts can go to possibly hurt the guests, right? So, right.
1: I just like beat them up and punch them in the face. <laughs>
0: or just choke them. Like it looked like he was going to choke Logan out, like choke him out. Like I don't know at what yeah. point that is meant to be realistic or if it was actually going to happen. Like so let's say, you know, if William is not there to shoot him, does it go all the way through with it? Or is it like program where you're going to like, they want you to think that you can kill a guy, but then you can exactly. fight, you can fight your way out of it. Do you think, I mean, and well, like, I think
1: that's it. And, and, and they've insinuated this several times, but the things get kind of more real and more raw, the further you get away from the center of the park. And they insinuate that kind of like the war is the, all the way the edge, like where stuff is the craziest or whatever. And that's why Logan is so excited. So yeah, I think your experience of, uh, of how real it feels gets, gets bigger
0: as you go out. Do you think that's the last we see of Logan as he sort of gets dragged off to the back alley to get curb stomped? Like, is that the end of him? I mean, he doesn't die, right? I mean, like, what do you think happens to a character like him? It's not like, I don't think it's totally critical to the rest of the story, but it's interesting to me. Like, what's, how's it end for him, you think?
1: Yeah, I wonder if their paths are going to cross again. I mean, we're kind of getting this, there was a sense of finality to the discussion between William and Logan that leads us to believe that they're kind of done, right? That... William is going to kind of branch off and realize like, you know, whether it's the family being a part of his family or being a part of the business or whatever, that that's not going to be his future. And um, certainly if you subscribe, as I I increasingly do to the theory that he is the man in black, Mm -hmm. it seems like the man in black winds up or winds up rather starting something way bigger than just being a middle manager at some big company. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I do think that. I don't know that we're done with his character altogether, but I think we're done with him being stapled to William's storyline at all times.
0: Yeah, I just wonder if he, like, I don't know, gets, this again, not critical, but, like, gets the crap kicked out of him and then, like, he wakes up in the morning and all the guys are gone and he just kind of goes home on the train. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, it's been way yeah, too much. Yeah, how that plays out. Well,
1: you know, they've talked, they've nodded to this in the past where they've done stuff like, Saying, oh, we'll just put him in lockup for a night or whatever. And I think that Westworld probably doesn't work if there are no stakes at all. Um, so I-, I think that there are going to be some stakes there, and it strikes me that uh, that there will be some stakes involved. But we'll see more of him going. Well, forward.
0: it's so funny because we had joked we had joked offline a couple like, last week where you were saying you like low, you don't get no, low stakes gunfights, you get no stakes gunfights <laughs> in, in this show. <laughs> like it's just like there's not a single stake. But this this episode actually. And you said, you know, as you get to the far reaches of this place, this one shows you do, I mean, you can at least get hurt, right? Like it's clear, like getting punched in the face and choked hurts, at least hurts your body. And even if you know it's fake, there has to be a point at which you think like, man, I really hope this is all fake, you know, (laughs) like, because when you sign a waiver, I mean,
1: and it's akin to dying in a video game, right? Like we can compare this to gamer culture in the past where like, it doesn't physically hurt to die in a video game, but if you like worked and you're invested in a storyline and you're going to get there and then you don't make it, I'm sure that is what keeps guests coming back on some level. Oh, right.
0: Because now he's not going to be able to march off the war with these guys. Like, yeah, he's he's so
1: pumped. Exactly. He right, was so yeah. pumped to go realize that story. And like for him, it was like getting closer to kind of beating the game or whatever. And you throw uh, a little
0: bit of physical bruising on top of it because, you know, getting really punched or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, and it's fine. A little comeuppance for a dude that was just kind of a dick for the, from, from the jump. Yeah, no <laughs> We spent so much time seeing Dolores uh, having visions and just crazy stuff I mean, happening with her. Probably culminating with her pulling the wire out of her arm, which was Ugh. yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit cringeworthy, but like in a cool in a cool way. What is her? Is this her unraveling, or is it her coming to enlightenment? I think the I, the sense is that you wanted to think that she's having like this total mental breakdown, but is it actually yeah. just like? is it actually just getting really close to like truth i don't know, which one which one do you see or is there maybe some with, something in between like i don't really know what to think about her character here
1: yeah, well there's there's a ton going on with Dolores and you know, there's theories all over the place on this. Like, you know, a, a theory I've seen postulated is what if Dolores is already in the maze, right? Like mm-hmm. if the maze is this journey of self-discovery that, you know, has you essentially hallucinating and, and trying to figure out, you know, and is the maze just something programmed by Arnold for when you start noticing these inconsistencies to try and, you know, work your way out of it or whatever. Um I do think that it's kind of a combination of both. Like, I think she is breaking down. I think that increasingly she is the critical failure as well for wherever this is headed. Um, But I thought there were a couple of big, big moments with Dolores that kind of point us to where this is going. Uh, The first thing is she says to William, "Uh, There's a voice inside me telling me I need you. Whoa, (laughs) you nailed (laughs) it. Nailed the
0: accent. Nice. Yeah,
1: I actually kind (laughs) of did. but I think that was a like a key moment. Like the voice inside her we, we know now is like a literal voice that's inside of her. And if that voice is suggesting that William is gonna be somehow the answer, then um, you know, I think that's just a big tell as to where this is going. And then the second part, and arguably the most important thing for her story is where she says, you know, I imagined a story where I didn't have to be the damsel. And I think that's really key language because we we can hearken back to um when Bernard rebuffs that annoying female scientist lady I can't remember her name either but when Bernard rebuffs her and says the hosts don't imagine things you do yeah like Dolores specifically using that word that language imagine strikes me as very significant and I think that's a sign that um you know that that's why we're seeing this huge change in character from her
0: yeah, that whole piece with her, um, just you know, seeing herself and maybe understanding, it, like, because it, it, it stands to reason that she's also seeing different loops of herself, like where you know she yes. sees herself walking through the crowd in that in that like Dios Doy muerte kind of thing that was going on, um, yeah. and then you know seeing herself across as the fortune teller. I can see you know they've done enough with with having these characters travel all through these multiple loops that like you it, yes it could be her seeing things it could just be her sort of just like coming to cognition that she's all been here before and kind of been yep. there and done that. And that now she's like, Oh, okay. I've sat here before and I'm learning a little bit. I learned a little bit more and more as I go on. Like some yeah. people, some people like Maeve learn it by just finding the thing they, you know, finding the five drawings they did before and then being like, what the hell? Right. And then some other ones, I think like Dolores could just see herself being like, yeah, I've already been here and I'm just, I'm I'm like sort of in the matrix where I'm having these deja vu moments and they're getting increasingly, yeah. increasingly real
1: well and she's programmed for it to be like Groundhog's Day, where sure she relieves these moments ten thousand times but never remembers them, but in reality, she's like Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day, where she actually is starting to remember them all, and it's driving her insane
0: and hilarious like bill Murray. <laughs> and, and she steps in the puddle again <laughs> again, yeah. oh my god hey <laughs> um so and they ride off on the train, and I'm yeah, you know, that is where. It, I don't know. It, it, that's a very, very cool thing. It's probably the other thing that the story hangs on is where we end up with her. Um, I'm, Jury's out for me totally, but it's just, a, I don't know. The idea is awesome.
1: Yeah, and I think actually it's it's reasonable now to dive more deeply into William and Logan. I mean, we try to do this on a character by character basis, but since so many of the stories are overlapping, it's, you know, we're going to dip one toe here and one toe there. Um, so we learn a ton about William and Logan, right? I mean, we learn a little bit more about their business relationship outside of the show or outside of Westworld, that is. Um, but there are also some, I think, other little Easter eggs that they left dangling for us here. Um, so one of the first ones is on this sort of meta level, the level of, you know, is William the man in black? Like, what's going to happen with their relationship with Westworld? Uh, they specifically point out that Westworld is hemorrhaging cash. Um, that's what Logan says. And then the man in black would later go on and say to Ford, um, yeah, the You know, this place would have gone under financially if not for me. And I think that those (laughs) lining those storylines up, I think actually, you know, continues to further the the uh, double timeline theory, because that would actually be it would actually be just be kind of weird if Westworld were hemorrhaging cash, you know, at one point in the past from the Man in Black's
0: perspective. And then again,
1: at the present, like that would just. You know, that to me would strike me as too odd of a coincidence. Well, what do you think?
0: I mean, what do you think as like, I mean, without knowing the day to day, you know, we don't get to take a look, we don't get to do the deep accounting dive into their books. Um, what do you Wouldn't think? Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> you know, it'd be awesome. Just like really <laughs> sifting, just spend a couple days, just really sifting through those books, you know, like as, as, a, as a deep dive, for like research for the podcast, obviously. But, um, what, you, like, what would be ultimately the thing that saves the park? Like, Okay if you had a guess, if you just had a guess at it like what do you think is the thing that like turns that thing into a money making venture that they specifically would see from from like his own his own findings within like his own storyline
1: Yeah, well, I mean, my suspicion would be that William is the one that starts to see what the important things are in Westworld, right? Like, you know, he can process his own, you know, journey of self-discovery there and then somehow, you know, both invest money and also insight and come in and say, no, you guys think Westworld is about going and killing the Indians and being involved in the war or whatever, but it's really about this other thing. So, you know, it it could go in a number of different directions. You know, there are a lot of things that are important about businesses, um, but Mostly I just thought that was uh, some kind of indication as for, uh, you know, just another point in the favor of the double timeline theory, I guess. Um, But one of the things I thought was very interesting about their storyline was going to this town called Pariah. And I mean, again, it was very kind of over the top, Mm -hmm. but I'll forgive it, um, where they're talking about how you can come here and you don't have to be who you are. And Dolores is like, are you talking about this town pariah? And in in reality, they're just talking about Westworld, right? right. <laughs> so they go out to these fringe towns where, like, everyone is naked and having sex and, you know, shooting people and whatever else. And HBO used all of... its
0: body doubles from True Blood episodes for those scenes. No, like... <laughs> <no kidding.
1: laughs> I just want to see, like, the casting Like We just, need to, get, we just
0: need to go, go scroll back through the... the, uh, the uh imdb for true blood and just get all the guys that were totally comfortable in these crazy orgy scenes because we're gonna need all those guys for this all those guys and girls for this episode as well because true blood just, uh, right. <laughs> true blood went way off the rails with stuff like that anyway what were you saying about <laughs> no sure but yeah so like pariah is like the west world within west
1: world which is again like super meta it's like the west world for the hosts somehow it's like i don't know just like a really interesting thing but um i think that you know that we continue to see this development of William and Logan's relationship and, you know, kind of a sped up version of the fraying of an already strained relationship. But Logan specifically saying to William, you know, when he's saying like, why do you think I picked you? I picked you because you'll never be a threat to anyone. And then jump forward later again to the man in black. Um, when someone is talking back to him and I can't remember who it was now. It was Alonzo. Oh yeah. It was Alonzo. Uh, or Alonzo um when he's talking to him and he responds by saying yeah nobody gets away with talking to me like that at least not anymore um mm-hmm. but they used to in a past life or something it's like man could it be any more suggesting to, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that he used to be this kind of like you know guy who gets pushed around a lot um and then he turns a corner and i think the turning the corner moment was the one i alluded to earlier where you can kind of see a change in his expression as he is kind of like the helpless damsel type when they're dealing with those soldiers and then he just shoots them all. Well, it's
0: you also know. interesting too, because Logan's always pushing William to be like, you're not experiencing the full thing of the park. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You but, know, take a walk on the wild side. So. Yeah. But it's interesting because to a smart, like you know, just to a smart industrious kind of person that actually thinks about stuff, Yeah. The walk in the wild side is actually not to just go bang a bunch of hookers. It's to actually like explore the deepest, darkest regions of this, of artificial intelligence in this world. Right. And so, and like that is actually, so like challenge, challenge, extended challenge accepted, except I just did it in like a cooler way than just, you know, trying to just shoot more hosts and just kind of, you know, go bachelor party style instead of just like being actual thinker. Right. Like, yeah, I'll take you up on it, but I'm actually just going to go find all the secrets and that's going to be my ultimate life goal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that we'll wind up seeing, I mean, hope, like, it's almost like this always happens in the first season of a really good show. But you're like, after they resolve these conflicts, where could they even go from here? You know?
0: <laughs> Well, this is- okay. So actually, that's a good segue to this. The, the other thing that they bring up in this episode, and this is why, I, I'm not like I was worried about Westfield, Westworld. Westfield, Jesus, where I used to live. Um, Westworld as a show is I was worried at the last episode in the old Where Are We Going? Now, this this episode also is sort of like where are we going, except the places we're now going are, seem really cooler and broader. So the first yeah. one was Elsie explores the – well, she, she's so funny because like, she has the, the scene where she's talking to the well-endowed guy, who's same, the host who simply can't pour the right drink and just alludes to his his skill set being – one very specific thing and hope it would be a shame for him to do something else. I don't know. It's a
1: stupid. Well, can we thing. talk about skill sets for a second? Because Westworld <laughs> does a couple of things so awesomely well, which is like developed this whole world. But again, from a continuity perspective, if the stupid old bartender that a Ford talks to in the basement can pour a drink accurately 30 years ago, but he can't like comprehend a sentence or respond to anything, but these new guys miss by six inches. Like, can we just not like
0: why oh <laughs> just use why? the code from old bill he will figure it out that no, was why because they wrote a joke and they needed to like to be able to get hammer that joke into a scene that's you know? so dumb <laughs> just stick to what you're good at telling jokes not
1: your strong suit well, Moving right. on. when they
0: when they try to do jokes and like banter between these characters it's actually the one time that it gets a little cringeworthy from the writing is like they just oh, yeah. that they want to get the laughs in there like that's that's whole scene i think was specifically wrote written to like just be able to say that joke and that was right, the cheap laughs and to
1: show because otherwise like who cares oh. exactly
0: like who cares but anyway she finds she goes down the path of trying to figure out what's happening with the character who bashed his own head in and ultimately she finds a satellite uplink in his arm that to me i mean it ends it it adds this like totally new layer of intrigue of like out, other or, uh, outside world sabotage to the to the piece and like uploading data do you think well because i've also heard other things like that westworld is actually just on a totally different planet than earth like it's just this is a. Uh, it's just not even earth that they're on. They're on Mars or something like that. And it's like Mars has been repurposed for like Westworld. That's why you have to go through like detox chamber or compression chambers. When you first enter, there's a mention of that early on. Mm, Um, But like uploading information to a satellite, do you see this as like, do you think that the piece of outside world sabotage is something that like interests you or is it just sort of just like another thing that was meant to just like start thinking about like who the bad guys are from the outside?
1: Yeah, I think it could go either way. I mean, it could be internal sabotage, too, like Bernard type uh, or some sort of like rogue tech. I think that's all in play. Um, it, it only marginally interests me. I'm I'm a lot more bought into the storylines that, you know, I almost felt like that. And actually, the other techie-based reveal at the end where Maeve sits up at the table just could kind of be like, nah. I got other stuff I'm thinking about. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought that... Well, let me just skip ahead to that then. I thought that was awesome. Well, okay. So the tech that we're talking about is the guy who's trying to revive the bird, right? Um, yes. And I don't know if that was like a, he was actually reviving an actual bird or like just getting this, you know, repurposed this robot to live again or I'm not sure exactly like... Yeah, it was a robot. Yeah, what that bird was before or why it's like... Why it's such a monumental achievement to, um, to be able to get this thing going. But why... I just can't believe that didn't interest you really. I... I
1: mean, it did a little bit, but again, like it's, I mean, so may I guess Maeve in general, I, I don't find to be too, too interesting because I find a lot of the scenes with her sort of over the top. And again, like, and, or just like not dealt with in a way that's satisfactory to me. Like the other one that comes to mind is when she gets up and starts running through the facility and like, no one seems to notice or care, um, except for these two techie guys who like, she makes it all the way to the basement, which we're led to believe is like 50 stories underground and then they return her. I assume there's blood everywhere. Like I just didn't. I just don't get it really. Okay, and so then,
0: well, okay, go. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. And
1: so, like for her, and just that whole thing with the techies. Like, yeah, clearly Mave's coming online. There's some some weird stuff going on there, and I don't know how. I can't explain or I don't have a good explanation that comes to mind for her, like how that's all happening. But I was so, so much more intrigued by like coming off of the man in black and forward confronting each other in the park. That just felt like much higher stakes to me.
0: Okay. So the reason I think it's interesting is two things sort of happen near the end of the episode where um, the LC character goes to that one tech and is like, Hey, I saw you having sex with this thing and I'm going to sort of hold it over you for black on blackmail. And the idea that like, I know you don't think that everything's being watched inside the the lab part, but it is, right? So, like, they nod to, right. the, they nod to the, things are things are much more um, watched. Like, just like in Westworld, we understand that things are much more um, just kept an eye on. And now, by who, we're not totally sure. But, you know, when Ford meets up with a man in black, it's like, okay, look, I know exactly where you are. I kind of know everything that's going. I, we're clear that even though you think you're operating outside the, on the fringes, you're really not. And maybe the same thing is happening in the lab where you know she's able to show this other video evidence. The reason I thought the Mave thing was interesting was because it speaks to me I get the sense that there's someone else watching within within the lab for these outlier types that are going to help further a mission that whoever let's say it's the Arnold character just keeping an eye on things within within the lab and identifying these characters that are going to be able to help further whatever the mission is so like one mission the one person you're trying to identify are tech guys or women that are looking to sort of go beyond what the standard westworld thing is and to like sort of subvert from the inside like his his actions are subversive in the sense that it's not part of his job and then I mean, they have to again hammer home with his his sidekick character, who's just totally unbearable to watch uh, on screen. Um, <laughs> whose name I'm not even going to look up because I can't stand the character. But um, you know that there's another piece of there's another piece of intrigue going on within the lab where like everyone is not working for the same goal, and there's like this resistance within the West World brass, and we're just trying to identify the guys that are willing to do it. And Maeve's character, sort of waking up, is. It could be the reason why a like you're able to maybe like get in and delete any any record of her being you know running around you because know? there's like there's another level of artificial intelligence going on in the real world not outside of Westworld that's why I thought that part was interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I think that makes sense, I, and certainly I can see that being a place that goes next, I guess, like the internal politics of Westworld, and if it's all tied together, then obviously color me very interested, but the internal stuff going on within Westworld itself is just kind of where my heart is right now, but I, and I get it, I mean, it's certainly, there's all sorts of directions that could go, and, and it's going to play a huge role in the show going because forward.
0: Because I wonder if like there's a piece where Maeve's like, okay let me tell you about the secrets that are really happening here. You know, like the hosts are always awake, you know, like we always know what's going on. We're always ingesting data. Even when you think you put us into sleep mode, you know? And it's like, yeah, I like that. It's something like, it's something programmed within them that it's supposed to be super, you know, just super in the background and you never really know, except we're just ingesting all this data. And now we found the people that are like for us. And again, I don't know who the us is, but it's like clearly, I think it's just clearly some kind of resistance within this company and they're saying and these are the people that we're going to take with us and like Elsie's character maybe she fits into it maybe she doesn't but time to come on board with the truth like he would be the character that you would use to find out the truth this is this is the path to find out the truth within the actual offices right cuz like the best way to find out new information without just like watching a character read it or see it is just like have a new character who now is, to learn it. has yeah. to learn it you know like you see this all the time with like fantasy novels where it's like oh yeah we learn all the magic world because harry didn't know anything about it and then he walked in and that's how we're able to learn through his eyes like i could see this yeah, character being yeah c- character being used like, for that very very specific purpose that there's like all this other crazy stuff happening within like the actual labs itself yeah i dig it all right buddy anything else any more crazy theories or are we good
1: no i think we're caught up on crazy theories uh, just as again a shout out to the westworld subreddit um there's a lot of really good stuff in there a lot of kind of dumb stuff as well, but (laughs) overall, I thought it was uh, an excellent episode, and a lot of great theories out there. Uh, We're going to really have a lot to learn in the next few episodes. I can't believe the season is somewhat close to being over, more than halfway there, so we'll see.
0: All right, we're the host podcast discussing Westworld on HBO. We'll be back again next Tuesday discussing the next episode. Be good, everybody.
1: (laughs) (音楽) ¶¶